0: ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Watch live on QSportsTalk.com
1: This is On the Block with Brent Welcome back! Glad to have you here. You're on the block ESPN Radio QSportsTalk.com It's presented by the Wildcat Pizza Pub. Great to have you here, friends, and great to have this voice back with us here. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, a rising star in the play-by-play world. You may have seen him on Nickelodeon. I was trying to watch Double Dare, and then there's this football game. I was like, what's this crap? Come on, man. It's Double Dare time. He's also the play-by-play voice of the Los Angeles Clippers and happened to call the greatest comeback in NFL history this past weekend. Ladies and gentlemen, a pleasure to welcome him back, the great Noah Eagle with us here. Noah, how you doing, bud?
0: So, well, I'm doing great, and honestly, all those sound awesome. But I'd like to host Double Dare. Can we just do that? I think I'd love to do that, that, kind that of if we just that... I
1: think, <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. I think if you call now, how many Nickelodeon games will this be for you?
0: This is going to be number three. We're gonna we're gonna go for the hat trick.
1: You get to five, you get to host Double Dare. That's the dare. okay. Yep. That's a fair trade off. I I completely agree. I think you'd do really well at Double Dare. By the way, I think you'd kill it. Now, Mark <laughs> Summers is the goat. Look, don't get me wrong, but I think you'd actually do really well at this. Very versatile. Yeah, no.
0: There's no chasing summers. I think we all know that. Summers set the standard. But right. if there's a, if there's a way to, to find a path in the steps, I'd be more than down for the challenge.
1: By the way, Noah was in my class at Syracuse. And, Noah, I'm, I'm seeing a note here that there is a uh, unpaid parking ticket uh, from <laughs> your time here at Syracuse. So uh, we can't mail you your degree until you, you pay that off. Uh, it is... Inflated to about two hundred and seventy dollars for yeah. illegal parking yeah. job on Marshall Street.
0: You know what's sad, and, and it, I don't even think I think it was on Comstock. I do think there's an unpaid parking ticket, <laughs> so it's, it's one thing to joke about it. I actually think that's a serious acquisition that is happening right now on the show. So congratulations on that. There you of. go.
1: Let us not speak of it because they'll probably you'll be getting that in the mail in, in the next couple of days. So my apologies for that. That's the gift that, that does not keep on giving in that sense. <laughs> Great to hear you, and listen, don't take this the wrong way, but I'm kind of sad that we're talking to you about this because I was at the greatest comeback in NFL history. Ah. It was a sense of pride as a Bills fan because that's kind of what we got till they actually get over the hump here and win the Super Bowl, but that had to be amazing to be at that, to call that. Here's what I want to know. It's 33 nothing, right? Are you thinking, okay, I'm glad I put a lot of prep into this game, or what? what's what, what's the thought process there when this game's getting out of hand and getting out of hand in a surprising way?
0: Yeah, I mean, first of all, the irony that Frank Reich orchestrated what was the greatest comeback in NFL history, and then you turn around all these years later, and the team that fired him earlier in the year gives up the greatest comeback in NFL history. It's just uh, it's funny how things work in the full circle of sport. But, no, I think 33-0 halftime – I look at Nate Burleson. We take the headset off, and we're saying, "Huh, what's the flight schedule look like? <laughs> I mean, what are we, what are we thinking of here?" No, I, you know, I think we were v- very excited just to be there and to do the game. You know, it was our first real game together. We had done the two Nickelodeon, and so we had had the experiences of being on the air together, but. The two of us were just looking forward to the opportunity to actually go out and call the game and showcase our skill in that sense. And so we were excited because we had all the meetings with both teams and we had a lot of information still left on the table. And so we were, we were starting to decipher and, and kind of sift through what made the most sense. We were also fortunate that we had two sideline reporters. So we, we knew we had a lot, uh, but every time we tried to bring something up, Kirk Cousins made another throw. And then Dalvin Cook had another run. And then the defense for Minnesota makes a stand. And then Justin Jefferson does something incredible. And then you look up in the middle of the third quarter and you go, oh, they're driving to make this a three-score game. And then you look up at the start of the fourth quarter and you go, oh, they're driving to make this a two-score game. And then you look up at the end of the fourth quarter and you go, wait, we're going to overtime? How did this happen? So I think it didn't dawn on us until maybe the next day, certainly me the next day, exactly what happened. And now that a few days out, I've recognized Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever have another game like that again.
1: I talked to uh, Jason Horowitz on Monday, who called, of course, that incredible uh, Chandler Jones. Athonica Miracle. A I Hanukkah hear. Miracle. Yep, he was ready with that call there. And see, what you just said relates to that, Noah, because. You may never call a game like that again in the rest of your life, and you're going to have a long, fruitful career as a play-by-play announcer. That could be it. I mean, the Bills-Oilers game that I was at, that was 1993, and it took till now for that to be overcome. A couple other games came close, and the way the NFL is structured, it's actually, I don't want to say it's easy, that's not the right word, but what we saw from that game, look, the Colts got up 33-0, but even I'm thinking a couple of those. Were fluky. They're special teams. Just it didn't really feel like if this. It sounds crazy to say now, but I'm like, okay, 33 nothing. They're not going to lose, but they didn't exactly go out there and just beat down the Vikings. There was a fluky aspect to that game. Did you get that sense a little bit too watching it?
0: Yeah, in some ways, and we do have to obviously shout out Zaire Franklin for for strip sacking and and or actually rather just ripping the ball out from Dalvin Cook. And what was the first fumble recovery of the day for the Vikings defense, or excuse me, for the Colts defense? I should say on that Vikings offense after Cook ripped off a 40-yard run, Zaire gets in there, gets his nose in the ball. He had a huge first half and has had just an unbelievable season. So he is deserving of his flowers for the way that he's filled in for Shaq Leonard this year for Indy. But you know, in, in many ways, I think you're right. You know, they they have that block punt for a touchdown at one point. Minnesota goes for a, a fourth down fake punt and could have easily converted. They don't. They go for a fourth down deep in their own territory. They don't convert on a Dalvin Cook handoff. And so Indianapolis' starting field position in the first half was actually in enemy territory. Their average starting field position was on the Minnesota, like, 47 for most of the the first half. So you say, okay, if they clean up their act a little bit here, it at least could get interesting. And then you go back to a couple weeks prior, because Indy was coming off their late bye week, the latest bye week in Matt Ryan's, illustrious career. And you go back to the game before that they played the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday night football. They gave up 33 points in the fourth quarter. And that's really what I kept running myself with was, okay, this is a team that just gave up nearly another NFL record. That was the second most court points in a quarter that any team has scored. And Dallas hangs 33. They put up 54 on the day and they win that one going away. And so once Minnesota brought it close enough. Once Kirk Cousins got that second touchdown on the board to end the third quarter, I believe that was C.J. Hamm getting in. Once they got it to three scores, you say, oh, it's possible now. And we've seen everything that's gone on with this Indianapolis season, as Matt Ryan said to us in the meeting. He goes, this is the one year that has taught me better than any other year in the NFL literally anything is possible it just played on the other end for him unfortunately
1: yeah we saw it uh, the next day as we mentioned with what happened in the Raiders Patriots game thinking like okay you got the crown for the weekend for the wildest thing we can see the NFL always says no hold my beer it can get crazier than that (laughs) look, you, you said the name can I tell you my immediate thought after that game Noah and I don't know you know when this came up with you guys on the broadcast and I, I, Kirk Cousins was stunned to learn it was the greatest comeback in NFL history, but my thought was, oh, poor Matt Ryan. You know, the old, <clears throat> why do bad things happen to good people? He's now involved in the biggest Super Bowl collapse and literally the biggest collapse in NFL oh. history right now. So, Matt Ryan, uh, boy, I, I, don't, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, you're a millionaire, you're an NFL quarterback, you had a good career and a good life, but uh, that's not something you want hanging on your resume the rest of your life.
0: No, I mean, listen, he could very well make the Hall of Fame, and I would say many will argue that he should make the Hall of Fame and MVP of the league with the amount of stats that he's put up over the long course of his career. But it does feel like he's got this snake-bitten snake, snake bitten quality to him just based on those two games. And to your point, a great guy. Sat down with us amidst the season he's had. He got benched earlier this year. It was announced today he's going to be getting benched again, this time for Nick Foles. And, You know, you feel for him because at 37, he has nothing more to prove. Obviously, he wants to go out there and win the Super Bowl. That's still his goal. But he's had that type of career now that nobody's questioning his ability. Nobody's saying you need to do this, this, or this to prove to us that you belong on this tier. Like, we all believe it. We already saw it at the highest level. So you do feel for him in some senses, but he knows that he has helped to galvanize this locker room despite the record. That's really what stood out to us is, is that they haven't lost, at least before last week, they hadn't lost the locker room despite how poorly the season had gone. And the, there were a lot of factors as to why this season has gone uh, awry for the Colts. I think that they expect to be back there. Look, I don't know if Matt Ryan's going to be under center for them next year, but they expect to be back there in a position to be winning games literally next season. They, they have the pieces, and they most certainly feel that way, and they most certainly are correct that, Outside of the quarterback position right now, they're pretty set if you look up and down the roster, but obviously that is the straw that stirs the drink, the engine that drives the car, and they're going to have to figure it out. But you do feel for a guy like Matt Ryan, just given what he's gone through now.
1: No, we know you got to run in a moment here, but before we let you go, just tell us how life is in play-by-play land with the Clippers and just uh, your travels and your adventures uh, here in, in the pro sports world lately.
0: Brent, everything is good, man. I, I really have no complaints. You know, it's the busy season right now with the overlap, but it's been a pleasure doing the, the college stuff into now the NFL stuff. Now a little college basketball mixed in there. Just had a, a riveting matchup of UC San Diego and San Diego state last night. And I turn on the film to say, okay, let me see what the Tritons have up their mm. sleeve. So I look at the UC San Diego game from Saturday and guess who pops up on my screen but fellow Newhouse alum, Gil Gross. There so that's always, going. really, you see, that's my favorite part is every time I do a game and then I look to see the previous game, let me, you know, watch some film, see some tape, I feel like five times out of ten, if not more, it's another orange. And that's, that's what I get the best joy out of more than anything else. And listen to your show, obviously, when I have the time Brett.
1: I love that you slipped that in there, because I know you don't. You're too busy to do that. But I appreciate the plug, and I appreciate Come you, on now. Friend. I'm a believable guy. There's clips on Twitter once in a while you probably catch. I'll believe that. I'm, I'm with exactly. you. Exactly. Good stuff. Hey, listen, tell everybody we said hello and happy holidays. Great to catch up with you. I know we'll do it again soon, but appreciate your time here today, my friend. Absolutely. As
0: always, thanks for having me, and we'll most certainly do it again. Happy holidays to you and yours, and good luck to your Bills. I know that you're, you're holding on, and man, that was a, a heck of a thriller for them to win it on Saturday as well, so I'm excited to see what they can do.
1: Thank you, sir. Great to talk to you. That is Noah Eagle, ladies and gentlemen, play-by-play, star on the rise who just called. The greatest comeback in NFL history. It does kind of make me sad that that title no longer belongs to the Buffalo Bills. Speaking of which, they still have the greatest playoff comeback in NFL history. So we got that going for us, which is nice. Big news in New York baseball today. Steve Cohen. Hello. Luxury tax. What's that? And Aaron Judge today became just the 16th captain in Yankee history. We'll talk about it next.